Well, guys, here we are. One last time. And it's kind of sad. You know, this, uh, this None of Your Business podcast has been a huge part of my sobriety, my personal and professional life. I have met a lot of amazing people. I've done lots of amazing things. But it wasn't about that. It was about helping you guys. And my goal was just to get, you know, inspire one person. If I could just inspire one person and help one person out of the 8 billion people on this planet, and like that's what I wanted to do. And it has became hundreds of people, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. And I just want to thank you. Thank each and every one of you for tuning in and sharing it and being part of the None of Your Business podcast community. Uh, I'm not going to be done with podcasting, but I am going to be switching things up. So, it is going to be Bobby DeLude, the podcast dude show. I'm going to be releasing in January of 2024. So I'm going to let this podcast still be on live. Uh, I just find that there is still a lot of value. And if somebody's message is able to inspire somebody else or help somebody else or whatever that is, then I still want to leave it on there. But the new show that's going to be coming out in 2024, it's going to be some of like this content. It's going to be some of content creation. It's going to be some business. And it's going to be more of an interview style. I mean, excuse me. It's going to be less of an interview style show and just a conversation. Uh, yeah. So tune in to that if it's your jam. If it's not, I just wanted to thank you. And I believe this episode with the guest is just a perfect send-off for this podcast. So, I love you guys. I hope you enjoy. And I'll see you in the next episode. Or, I guess it would be the new episode, but I just really want to say that because it's in my face cute. But, <laughs> anyways... Uh, here we go. That is how it works. Yeah. Because I'm no longer going into, like, the, hey, let me interview style podcast. Because I'd rather just have a conversation. Because, like, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> whatever words are said are said. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Whatever. Yeah, it, you know, like the tagline for my None of Your Business podcast, which I don't know if this episode will be that, but it, like, it's storytelling from the heart. Oh, I love that. Okay. So, like, if I interview you or act as if it's an, an interview, yeah, and the person is like, oh, I've never talked to anyone before. I mean, I'm awkward regardless, so... So this should be fun. Um, oh, you're awkward. Regardless. Okay, like, All right. That was a quite, like storytelling from the heart. So what are we storytelling about today? Well, you know, that's a great question. 
I so what like a, you know, I'm gonna like, trade chairs while we're recording. Keep talking. This is a great start. Yeah. <laughs> See. Um. So what I love about like you, you are the advocate for anxiety. Right. And I had someone comment on my TikTok the other day. They're like, I'm assuming. I, I'm guessing that you advocate for people with anxiety, but I'm imagining now that you're advocating anxiety, you're just running up to people and being like, do you know what anxiety is? And I was like, I did think of that when I picked the title of it's like, well, obviously people understand I'm advocating for people who experience that are feeling crippled by anxiety, but it is kind of funny if you want to make a joke of, or am I anxiety's advocate? Who's to say? Okay, well, I understand what you're doing. If somebody thinks that you're just going and trying to shake somebody's tree to give them anxiety, then that's on them. That, well, that would be a hilarious TikTok channel. But I almost feel like I could even lean into that content, to be honest. But I probably won't. People have enough anxiety. Am I ruining the podcast by moving all this stuff around so far? No, no. Good. Should Good. I just spin? That was a terrible spin. So, Your podcast. Uh, I'm out. Yeah, so I guess, like, when you were younger, did you, like, struggle with anxiety? Like, to a point? No, I've been anxious my whole life. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, um, I did. And I think the interesting thing is when I was younger, and even up until, so I'm 31 now, so up until maybe my mid to, my mid 20s early 20s i i never called it anxiety i didn't know what i was experiencing and now i look back especially with a deeper understanding of the body as a doctor i look back and i'm like oh that's exactly what was happening uh so i had my first anxiety attack at eight um after like a family emergency and i reckon i look back on it now and i'm like everything adds up perfectly but at that time i was a child who just didn't know like my body just started shaking and i like couldn't calm down um, and I just literally thought there was something wrong with me. Um, but it's just my body trying to communicate that there was so much fight and flight energy in it. And it was just trying to find a way to get that energy out. Um, and that, those attacks continued. So I like, remember telling my mom about it once. Um, but I just remember asking her, like, if you're, if you're having a seizure, do you know that you are? And she's like, no, you're like blacked out. Like you don't know. So in my mind, I'm like, great. I'm not having seizures. It's fine. No one needs to know. So I basically kept it in. Um, and it, it would happen maybe every couple months or so. It it, it um, increased in, in intensity and, and um, frequency in my late teens and early 20s, where I'd be like at least once a month. And I'd be like curled up on the bathroom floor because I look back now and I'm like, yeah, the bathroom floor felt really good because it was always like the coldest surface I could lay on. And I, I know now that that was helpful. Like innately, my body wanted that. But also because I would get sick. So I like, needed to be near the toilet. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, and I would just like lay there shaking until it passed, until like enough of the energy had gone out of my body. Um, and there would sometimes be times that it was like triggered. Like if I had had, um, if I, there was someone I was dating at the time, if we had had a fight and that felt super um, like, uh, what's the, like, it really triggered my survival instinct and, and really made me feel like scared for my safety, even though I didn't need to be. Um, that would be, that would put trigger an attack. But also sometimes it was like seemingly out of nowhere. Like an evening could go perfectly. Um, and I might like get home from being out with friends and I kind of quickly had made this correlation that like, if I go out and if I have any drinks and fast food, I can expect to have a panic attack when I get home. And I don't, I'm assuming it was just like a toxic overload essentially for my system. Like my threshold for what my body could physically process was too low for all of those things. Plus all, plus all the stimulation of the environment, the sounds I was probably around from a night out, but that quickly became a recipe for, to a panic attack when I got home. Like as soon as I like was allowing my body to like be still for a second it would all like fall and crash upon me um which really sucked because then I met in my young 20s that I started limiting like how much I would go out and I actually haven't quite spoke to that too much before I think there's still part of my brain processing like how much it was yeah. affecting my life um so all that to say that's the intensity of it but then it also absolutely presented in like I chronically was the person who like was tearing apart her nails um and I think it's the thing with anxiety is that um, a degree of it is normal and is healthy. And like, we should feel um, 
that like heightened sense of urgency and that that heart racing like these are all normal things we have to feel to survive as a being and to be able to read our surroundings and know if we're safe so like it's normal to be anxious before a big presentation something that makes you feel slightly threatened or before meeting someone new right good i would almost be concerned if you weren't feeling some degree of anxiety um but it's not normal to feel that outside of those situations or after it if you're still feeling like heightened anxiety after you should have been able to calm down then that's abnormal. And that's what I was experiencing. Like it wasn't calming down. Yeah. Did that answer your question? <laughs> no, it, it, it did. And I, I can kind of relate. Yeah. Um, so years ago, I, back like when I was like 17 or something, uh, I used to be a janitor at this like office building mm-hmm. and I would go like vacuum, take the trash out. Like that's about it. Yeah. And if somebody was still in their office after five and I had to like go to their desk and empty out the trash can, my anxiety like skyrocketed so much. I literally passed out like three mm-hmm. or four times just getting somebody's trash because the yeah. fear of me just saying hello to the person like, <laughs> oh, it terrified me. Yeah. And, you know, today it's not that bad, uh, especially with like meditation practices Mm -hmm. but for a long time like i thought i was schizophrenic because like i would see stuff in the corner of my eye and like my psychiatrist and my doctor like no you just have really high anxiety i'm like all right that doesn't make sense to me but Mm -hmm. like now like if i'm more mindfulness but my words thoughts and actions are congruent then like and watch the stimulants that i put into my body uh, like drinking seven Red Bulls a day definitely does not help. Who now? Yeah, I <laughs> exactly. So it, uh, yeah, but I, I get it. Like I'm terrified of meeting new people, which I was kind of thinking that about the this morning. Like, if you don't know me, like I'll talk to anyone. Like I say that I don't give a flying fuck, but when it comes down to it, like my heart is beating so fast and I'm like, I feel like I'm just dripping sweat and, Mm -hmm. but I forced myself to do it because like there was a point in my life where just getting a trash can in an office building would make me have a panic attack where I pass out. So when, okay. So like, where were you at like a point in your life where, you were like, okay, like I got to do something or like, look, were you always like looking for a solution or what did that look like? That's a great question because, um, back to the me avoiding acknowledging what it really was. I didn't, I, um, I didn't look for solutions. My story is interesting and it makes sense with what I do now as a doctor of chiropractic, because especially the type I do, um, upper cervically, so top of the spine, super nervous system based. Um, my anxiety started better, getting better when I started getting under super specific care of this type. And it was only honestly, once I stopped getting them, that I was able to look back and a, acknowledge what it was and B, realize what was happening both from a physiological standpoint, but like from a mental thought process standpoint. So as a kid, like I said, I didn't want to talk about it. I just ignored that it happened because at that point it wasn't happening super frequently. It was, it was maybe every month or every other month. Um, and I like, I was like, whatever, I can just, this will pass. It's fine. No one needs to know what's going on. Like I, I suppose I was probably hiding in some shame of it. I didn't want anyone to know that something was going wrong with me. And it didn't feel like it was overwhelming enough at, it, at, it, at its worst for me to get help or seek help. Um, and you know what? There's probably some part of me that's like, well, whatever. No one's going to believe me anyway. That's probably a whole other story. But I bet you that's part of the equation as well. I was a middle child, so I really didn't think anyone any listens to me anyway, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and then as an adult, my healing from the intensity of that coincided with me learning about what was happening and then having tools to be able to help process and manage it. So as I was under the only, the biggest variable, the biggest game changer was being under consistent specific chiropractic care. Now as an adult, there are so many different things that I do to help be supplementative to that, um, supplemental to that. So I'll do pole therapy and I am more cognizant of how I hydrate my body and how I fuel my body. I meditate. I um, cry as much as I need to. I didn't ever used to cry as a kid. I grew up with three brothers. So I also was like, well, I don't need to cry. 
Um, and now I have a much more well-rounded understanding of what health is, not just from a physical standpoint, but from like a, a mental, emotional, spiritual standpoint. And so my own healing journey was almost incidental and then clarified itself after I almost had already been out of the depths of it. Um, so it's definitely kind of a backwards journey for so many people. I have, I have Catherine Parks who I work with, who absolutely went down like the most traditional route of then seeking therapy and medicine. And I, there's even a part of me, honestly, Robert, that is sad that I didn't do that because that would make me so much more relatable to people. Whereas I just ignored that it was happening, told no one until it was better. And that only incidentally got better because I literally started studying the nervous system, like as a professional. So I'm lucky with that outcome. Um, and I don't know what it would have looked like had I not gone to chiropractic school and started taking care of myself without even intentionally taking care of the anxiety. Wow. That is like, that's a super cool way to, at least I think of like how you found a solution for you. I haven't. Okay. I, I, and I guess you're right. I, I mean, everyone kind of are all a little grass is greener. So maybe I'm like, oh, I wish it was a way people could relate to more. But it, it makes so much sense to me now is because it's all nervous system based. And all I ever did was start taking care of my nervous system. Well, yeah. And it's like, so let's just, you know, for your target market or ideal client, like, I don't know if you are specifically going to try and help women in their 20s or 30s who have anxiety issues, but your testimonial alone, like there's other women I'm sure, or men out there exactly like you mm -hmm. or similar that you mm -hmm. can hone down on and help because did you know before, like you said, you didn't know before you started studying, like this could help. Right. So no, I, that's, that's a, that's an interesting point too. Um, I didn't, I didn't know before that. Cause again, I was denying that it was a part of my reality. Mm -hmm. Um, I literally, and it's, and I think that a lot of people who struggle with anxiety can relate to this. I just thought that that's how I had to go through life. And, and there were things that I, there were things that I could notice. Um, I, I did start doing a little bit of meditation prior to that, and that would help at times, but meditation is not always the most appropriate tool depending on the moment. Um, like when our body is so much pent up protective energy and we're trying to sit there and tell it it's safe without allowing the body to actually process the signal that's telling us. And it's like literally wanting to, to fight or flight. And you're trying to sit here and be quiet and still and tell it it's safe. Our body can recognize between our brain and the body itself, like that dissonance. And it's like, you were sitting here lying to me. I'm not safe. I'm my body is screaming to you. It's not safe. And you want me to sit here and breathe. And well, now, let that not be heard as saying meditative isn't meditation isn't a great tool. It is. I don't think it's a great tool for in the moment when you're literally like internally screaming. I think you need to honor and get that energy out. And then as we're going into a calmer state, then we can really enhance that calmer state with meditation or outside of any sort of um, intense moment. And as like a daily practice, that's where it can be super supportive to the nervous system and to our brain overall to help have that like, resilience to be able to move through stresses without even maybe feeling the need to become overexcited about it. Mm -hmm. I get that. So to go back on, you thought that like, this is the way that you had to live your life. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, again, I can relate to that. Like I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. So when I was 19 and I went to treatment, like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get off the heroin, get off the Oxycontin, but like, at least I'll still have alcohol to like, make me feel normal. Mm. At least I'll have that. Like, so I thought like, I can't go through life with like, something to make me feel like I belong I'm different or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like I fit in like, if I can't use drugs, like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna drink because like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm until I learned what was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, I, yeah, I remember at 16 years old, I'm like, okay, this is my life. Like, this is, this is how it's gonna be. And like, to me, it seemed normal. But like, I knew other 16 to 19 year old kids were not doing what I was doing. And not for the same reasons I was doing it, because I just wanted like, not pass out when I go and take out a trash can in somebody's office. Yeah. So, uh, I just, 
I get that feeling of like, this is how my life is going to be. But it's not like that because we can, our neuroplasticity, we can change the way our brain and thinking is and become a different version of ourselves because we are a different version of ourselves every day. Oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. But even if you're regardlessly trying to become a different version of yourself, you're still going to. So why not? Essentially, what I hear then is why not intentionally become a different version of yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like sometimes I make that progress and then like I feel like I take three steps back, but it's okay because I just fail forward. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like it doesn't matter what aspect if they're trying to overcome something in business or in personal life, like look at where you were three, six, nine months ago, were you taking intentional action to do that? Or were you just sitting on your phone on Instagram, you know, wanting a better life, wanting to overcome this anxiety, wanting to overcome whatever X, Y, Z is, but Instagram is not going to be your solution unless you use that tool for your benefit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But, Definitely. What's that? I'm just saying it's definitely an interesting journey because we, I know I felt so alone and I literally felt like no one, there was no way anyone could ever have related to what I was experiencing. And now as I work with so many people and I do work with a lot of women, surprisingly about half my clients are men, um, which I'm really grateful for. And I, that's where I'm like, is this where it's great that I grew up with three brothers? Cause I'm, I'm maybe possibly able to make them feel more comfortable than others. Um, but I think that we, one of the common traits I see is that all of us just think we're this little island and we're the only person who's experiencing this and that no one can even begin to understand what we're, what we're going through. And maybe to some degree, no one can truly understand, but it is saddeningly surprising how many people get anxiety attacks, go through the world with heightened anxiety, feel like they can't even go grocery shopping or would never even step foot into a doctor's office, even a holistic one, because that, that feels so deeply uncomfortable to them. Um, and it, they're very much not alone in that feeling, even though, but as I felt, I was like, well, no one, there's no way anyone knows what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Now with the internets, you can, now with the internets, yep. you can find more people like you. Um, yeah. And then you do what you have, like a sip of meditation or what? I have a meditation mimosas event every month. Yes. Um, it's interesting because I always have like actual uh, champagne, but then I always have non-alcoholic champagne. In the last two months, I've never even opened the actual bottle. So I'm almost wondering if I just truly make it an NA event um, because that keeps being like typical people who show up. But it sounded trendy. I love alliteration. So I was like, oh, meditation of mimosas. Let's do that. So I do a monthly um, just here in the office, although it could benefit from using a larger space because I have to cap it around 10, 15 at max here. Um, it's just a free event where we come and we meditate for about a half hour or so. And then we'll have some like charcuterie and famosas or real mimosas, and then just hang out and have community for another 45 minutes hour. It's really fun. I just, I just switched it to, um, every month it happens. Uh, instead of it being meditations and mimosas every month, one month is sound bath, one month is breath work, one month is meditation. So now they're all quarterly, just every month there's something. It's so fun. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, uh, that sounds, sorry. I just like, that would be back in Montana. Like I went to stuff like that. Um, and now that I'm in Indianapolis, I haven't really explored much. You're going to have to look into it or make your own. I, that is like another thing. Like I could have just done it myself. Um, Bailey and I were starting a content creation 101 kind of thing. So nothing to do with meditation, but once a month. I didn't know where that was <laughs> wasn't going to question. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I know anything, I'm sure you have so much extra time on your hands. Oh uh, yeah. All the extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to go to the beach later. Right. Indiana. Beach in Indianapolis. <laughs> Everyone, world renowned for their beaches. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. anyways, our is going to be a just basic content creation, come hang out, mingle cool. for five minutes. Um, but I could start another one that has meditation because I, 
I like that. I like yeah. meditation and being around people who meditate because I feel like it's a different vibe and energy. And instead of somebody who's not in a meditative state or aligned mm-hmm. with their values or anything, but that's going a negative route. So, uh, how did you, I'm, I'm curious cause when I talk to chiropractors, a lot of them have like chiropractic, like changes their life. That's why they went into it. But you went, you went into chiropractic and it changed your life. So why did you choose chiropractic? I resisted it for a long time. Well, for like a year, uh, when I was 20, I, uh, knew a chiropractor in my hometown in Alaska and I had just finished traveling. I did not know what I wanted to do. I was the kind of, uh, and I'm thankful my parents did this. They didn't push us into school. They're, they're both very highly educated, but they were like, if you go to school, whenever you feel like you know what you want to do. So I was 20 and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be, um, maybe a journalist, something where I could travel and, and create content, which is, which 11 years ago was a thing, even way less than it is now, but it was beginning to be a thing 11 years ago. Definitely. In fact, it was kind of, I would say like the beginning of the big, uh, like, what am I trying to say? Like growth curve of it. Yeah. Um, but at that time I definitely was like, well, I can't do that. Like I'm not, I'm not capable of doing that. So I didn't even almost allow my, I would sit there and dream about it, but I didn't allow myself to truly take any, take many forward steps into it. I do have videos up since 2009. Um, so that's fun. All that to say, I just finished traveling and I landed back in Alaska and my chiropractic friend, she messaged me and she was like, Hey, do you, she like Facebook messaged me and she's like, do you need a job? Are you back in town? And I I'm actually would love to find this message because I remember it as me being like, I literally ended yesterday and I'm 20. Yes, of course I need a job. But she was like, great. Can you come into the office Monday? And I said, sure. No other questions asked. I, I guess I had previously helped her with like some filing. So I figured it was like something like that. Then like an hour or so later, she sends me this photo of this baby. Her and her husband had just adopted a three month old over Christmas. This was February. And she needed a nanny in the office. Like she was like, yeah. So who knew being a mom was harder than I thought it was going to be. I need help in the office. So I was like, got it. I'm there. It's definitely, I actually literally remember being like, oh, a nanny. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, hey, I got a job and I am, I am already familiar with these people. Let's just show up. I showed up on Monday, um, became the like in office nanny, but that was working in her chiropractic office. And, and so, because I was around that so often that it also quickly became me becoming her chiropractic assistant when the baby was napping, his baby was napped a lot, which was great. Um, and like, I learned how to run the front desk if the front desk person ever needed to step out or got stuck in the driveway in a snowstorm, which happened once or twice. Um, and it was one of those things that I worked there for about a year and a half. And I remember having conversations like with the massage therapist and even with uh, Dr. Stacey's her name about like how amazing this was to watch. Cause you watch people come in and she saw a lot of families and kids. But I just remember consistently watching people's quality of life improve in a way that I hadn't witnessed elsewhere. And at that time, and still now, I'm a little bit more jaded now at 31, but at 20, I like all I cared about was like making the world a more beautiful place and bringing out good in people. And I was like, wow, people have really become nicer as they get out of pain, as they're at that time, I didn't quite understand that it was like literally as our nervous system isn't always in fight and flight. Of course, we're kind of assholes when we're in fight and flight all the time. We're literally reading the world that we need to survive through it. And as all of it's like an assault on us, of course, you're not going to be the best version of yourself when that's how you go through the world. At that time, like I said, I didn't quite understand that. I just saw people becoming nicer and better versions of themselves as they were under care. And I remember like first thinking about that and I was like, well, that's so cool. And then I thought about it more and I was like, well, maybe, maybe I can just keep working at chiropractic offices. And then I thought about it more and I was like, well, I don't. I don't really want to go get a doctorate because I'm going to have to be in school for at least eight years. And there was one afternoon I was talking with uh, the acupuncturist who was an older friend of Dr. Stacy, And she asked me, so she's like, when are you, when are you going to start chiropractic school? Like when are you going to start undergrad first? And I was like, well, no, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go to massage school because I can kind of do that anywhere and I can help people feel better and be nicer. Um, but I just don't know that I, you know, that I want to commit to chiropractic. And she was like, oh, Sarah. I was like, what? She's like, no, Sarah, I've never seen someone be so aligned and so like passionate about chiropractic, not become a chiropractor. And I was like, 
and at that time I laughed because I I love to challenge people and and uh, and be like okay well fine but like I'll be the one person who doesn't become a chiropractor uh but jokes on her nope jokes on me <laughs> jokes on me because now here we are um doctorate and all eight years of schooling later and all um and that's how it all started it was from an accident dull job because I was a broke 20 year old yeah. wow I love that me too me too that like oh yeah I just got in town yes I'll take a job take any job yeah I've yeah I get that um that's that's cool now <clears throat> you're living in Texas you're have you started a podcast? You're about to start a podcast. I our podcast trailer. I need to well between you and me and everyone who listens to this podcast. It's the trailer was supposed to drop today. I haven't edited it. It's ten in the morning. It will take me an hour to edit it. I'll drop the trailer today. The first episode drops September eighth, next Friday. And then it's every week until the end of time. Until the end of time. <laughs> we have we have we have a couple episodes recorded. Uh, first one's edited and preloaded. Uh, second one I need to edit, but that's fine. Um, we were it, essentially I could have just launched the first one today, but we wanted to have a couple more in the bank before we set sail. Well, yeah, because life happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, right. So originally we were supposed to have had more pre-recorded, so they would all so we could drop that first full episode today, and then life happens, and we're like, okay, we have one episode recorded. <laughs> yeah, and. Well, like I know what y'all are talking about because I spoke with your co-host, mm -hmm. but for the interwebs, who or what are you going to be talking about on your podcast? Our podcast podcast is called Call Her. Well, let's try this one again. Our podcast is called Call Her Doctor, and it's entirely an approach to just speaking super honestly, super openly, probably using some swear words, trying to not speak with shame around different subjects, trying to really like actually get into the nitty gritty of things regarding health and wellness and specifically targeting women, like talking about cycle and sex and orgasms and what it's like to be a female doctor, what it's like to be a new doctor, what it's like to um, be a female patient in a world where so many studies and so many different understandings of what the body is are based off of men, even like stroke symptoms. We think of like left arm weakness that's a common presentation for stroke in men but not in women so there are so many different shifts that general people are not told about their own bodies like as a woman i didn't even know the menstrual cycle had four different scientific phases and that i could expect that my body would feel and move differently my mood would be differently during those phases i didn't even learn that until like three years ago in grad school what the actual fuck like how unfair is that i'm just supposed to be over here assuming that my body operates the same as a man's hormonally and that I'm supposed to feel the same on the same 24 hour clock. That's not fair. So we want to talk about it. And, and our goal is to talk about it as unabashedly as possible. I think it might take us a couple episodes to really get into that zone, but you know, there's no other way to do it, but to do it. No, absolutely. And like anybody starting a podcast or anything whatsoever, making videos, it's going to take a minute for you to find your voice, mm -hmm. but through trial and error, like I, if you listen to, again, I don't know what podcast is going to be, but someone like the first 30 of the, none of your, my, none of your business podcast, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I like, no, I would, uh, um, so what's your favorite color? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Like the editing was terrible. I, like, yeah, man, I did a lot of recordings on like a $20 mic and an iPhone six and volunteered at an office so I could use the office space to record. Um, just did anything because I knew like this was one, like with me, the school of greatness podcast, like it was what really helped me get out of like a lot of low lives low points in my life and i was like if i can do that to somebody else one person that's what i want to do and it's turned into something else but the point is like i had to find my voice and if i didn't just start then yep. one if i didn't start i would have never met sean and Lacey. Mm -hmm. so that's just one benefit but also the benefit of getting instagram messages or emails or whatever 
uh, about, hey, I listened to episode XYZ and it really helped me. Mm-hmm. Back in my hometown, uh, so many times a lot of new people would come to a 12-step program that I was in and they'd be like, man, like, because of you, like, I'm here. Like, I would listen mm-hmm. to I saw it, like, on Facebook and I, like, checked out and I'm like, it helped me. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't think like I'd be helping people on a local level. Um, so if anybody is afraid of making content, do it. You're doing a disservice if you don't. Cool. You're doing a disservice if you don't. I love that. I, I, and I have created content in some version since as soon as YouTube launched, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, and so I, I do have video. I was an exchange student in high school. So I have some videos from my time exchange, like in 2009, YouTube was two years old then, or three years old then. Like that was the wild west. Now, part of me is like, I should have stuck with it. <laughs> that's yeah. what but I can't show to what I could in my whole life. I'm like, I just have to trust them exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, but even now with then 14 years of understanding what it's like to create, edit, and post something for the public to watch, I still started this podcast. I was like, oh my God, what do, how do we do this? Like, what do we, did I say that correctly? Did I edit enough of the ums out and the pauses out? Did I leave enough in so it feels organic? <laughs> like being back at square one on a new platform new medium for me totally put me back into the like perfection wanting to make it perfect and not publish anything until it's perfect and i definitely have reminded myself like any content i've created now that i'm even remotely proud of that didn't look like that a year or three or ten years ago and it's going to be the same thing as i'm starting a new venture now so it's interesting like to on one hand know that and i know i just have to start but then on the other hand be very much in the oh my god i just have to start it's gonna suck for a second Oof. yeah do you know who evan carmichael is I do not. I don't. Tell me. So he's a big YouTuber. Um, okay. He remixes like entrepreneurial videos, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, you've probably seen his work, but probably. anywho, I like three months into doing my podcast, I interviewed him. Oh, nice. And one thing that really stuck with me was like, if you were good at creating videos 10 years ago, then you already would be doing it. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you got a good point. Like he was saying that to my audience, but like, obviously I learned something from it. Like just fail, suck. It, when you were first starting, I am terrible with chiropractic stuff, but let's say cracking backs just because. You gotta get better at this, adjusting. Adjusting, yes, I should get better at that since there's like 600 chiropractors in Clacktown. <laughs> but, um, anyways, we're not going to talk about that. Um, so adjusting, like, were you good at it? No, I have a video of my first adjustment in clinic. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm so awkward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What is the name of your podcast? Call Her Doctor. Oh, that's Jesus. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I know it's not out yet as of this recording, but. It'll be out by the time this gets aired, though. Maybe. Well, are you going to edit this today? I well, can. The first episode. September 8th, 2023. So you can listen to the trailer as of today. You know what? No, I'm gonna. Yeah. So this is gonna be out Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. So today's Friday. They can look forward to Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it. There we go. Uh, And then are you. What platform are you using? Spotify is the only one that I know. It's on Spotify. And that's because I, the other day when I was editing the video and I had it already, or the the audio, I had it already. And I was like, the only thing I don't know how to do, because I've never done this, is how do you, how do you upload a podcast? Like, what do you even do? And I knew I wanted it to be on Spotify because that's the, if not, to me, that's the main one. Um, and it's also the first one that came up when I was just Google searching how easy that actually was to do. So it's mm-hmm. uploaded, like the first one's pre-uploaded and ready to, it's going to go live September 8th. Um, 
and that's on Spotify. And then there is a page I saw that I need to like dive more into that has like all the other platforms listed. And so I don't know how to cross cross uh, post. So maybe you can help me with that. But as of right now, nice. Spotify. Okay. So it used to be Anchor, and then Anchor bought Spotify for. Yeah. Yep. And it's pretty easy. You literally just take the RSS feed and drop it in there, and then Spotify does it for you. Then great. It it will be multiple places probably too. <laughs> but for now, it's on Spotify, which <laughs> I think like iHeartRadio and like the other ones are like getting shut down. Really. Yeah. So, <laughs> which is a good thing that Anchor got bought out by Spotify for podcasters because with Anchor, it was a big company, but now supported with Spotify, like with you using a free platform, the chances of that being disappeared is like if Spotify, if Spotify just shut down, then there's bigger issues. But, yeah. Yeah. So I, before Anchor got bought, I always said, put your podcast on two different platforms because of your audience. Hmm. But now, like it might not be such a high risk because Spotify is the king. Yeah, but probably you... still try to put it on on um, what is it? Apple Podcasts. I'll probably still try to do that. Just cause... it should do it for you. Perfect. See, and this is where we're square one learning it all as we go. <laughs> I could have paid yeah. someone for this, but I I unfortunately like to be the person who does it right now. Uh, maybe just because I'm newer in my career as well. I also like to know, okay, I can do this, and now I can have someone else do it. But I like mm -hmm. to know that I have the wherewithal and the um, general knowledge of how to do something before I have someone else do it. Well, uh, yeah, because then you, if you need to tweak it or yeah, or, or torque it, then <laughs> their content got it. Hard <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> at least for that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I, I literally just edited that like yesterday. I guess it was only on Wednesday, but that's what I spent my day doing yesterday. That's so that's fresh in my mind. Um, but anywho, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, what do you like to do like when you're not cracking backs? And I swear to God, Robert, if you say I crack backs one more time, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell mom and dad. Um, <laughs> I'm, I really, well, it's funny because I live in Dallas and Dallas has been a great chapter for me. I've been here a year. Um, I'll probably be here a little bit longer. I probably will not be here for that long though. Um, because I really like, I was born and raised in Alaska. So I really love fresh outdoors and hiking and lakes and being on the water and being on mountains. Um, I love good food, which Dallas, like Dallas redeems the good food part. Alaska has good restaurants, but not a lot. Dallas has so many good restaurants. So my my foodie heart is really satisfied here. Um, but the like me connecting with nature and which is a beautiful way to help regulate your nervous system anyway. Um, that is so much more difficult for me to find here. And so that's been a massive challenge, especially in the, the way that I want to experience nature. Um, but literally like good food in nature and I'm a happy camper. I really want to live in a van, honestly. And um, between you and me and everyone since this podcast, my mom died. And so I might use the money she left me to buy a converted van because I just feel like life is short. Should I invest that money? Yes. Will I invest most of it? Yes. Will I, might I spend a 30K on a converted van because I have wanted that as soon as I knew that was a thing over 10 years ago? I might because... I'm, I'm realizing um, I consider myself a positive nihilist. So nothing in the world seems to matter to me. I don't think, like, I don't think anything matters except for the love that we show each other. And so I'm like, so what if I am technically a chiropractor who has to do her work in person, the core of my work in person, but what if, and so what if I want to live in a van half the time or like take a lot, far more time off than my counterparts just so I can travel and live my life. Because at the end of it, like, all we had was the time we spent here, and I'm not trying to spend it in four walls, even if I technically have to, to do my work. So I love that. I haven't told Sean and Lisa that yet, though. So <laughs> <laughs> now they'll be like, Sarah, whatever, do whatever, do whatever sets your heart on fire, but also be smart with it and make money from it. And I'll be like, perfect. That sounds like a great win-win for me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, just when you were saying your van and the outdoors, my first thought is move to Missoula, Montana. 
I I used to live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Oh. I lived there for like three. I lived between Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and Spokane for like. That's where I did undergrad. I lived. My mom lives there for a while, and so I lived with her and and did undergrad there. So I lived there for like four years. Okay. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene's actually. Um, I've been to it. My dad lives in Missoula now. He just moved there like last year. Um. Portland is uh, like tied for first or in a very close second place of where I might move if I don't move to Alaska. Okay. okay. Love that country so freaking much. Yeah. I, so I'm from Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I used to live in Missoula, but back and forth between Helena. Anyways, I live in Spokane. It's my neck of the woods. So I know. Oh, well, I- yeah. That's my, it's my, it's a lot different over in Indiana. That's for sure. Well, in Dallas, let me tell you what. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. So, chapters, man. Yeah, it is. Well, I hope I know that you're gonna do it. So, do it. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just know that there's a way that I can make all of my dreams happen, and maybe they just look minorly different, or maybe they happen to work on a different timeline. I mean, Lisa's spoken to that before as well. Like, maybe it's on a different timeline, or maybe they have to look a little bit different than you had thought, but it still could be the same dream. So yeah, I'm going to get a covered van and I can't, it's, it's literally, it consumes all of my extra time is thinking and planning it like all of my extra time. So I don't know how like license and whatever with chiropractic, could you like legally adjust somebody outside a different state? I would have to get licensed in another state. You can do temporary licenses. I think that's probably like a little bit of a hassle to get, but you can do temporary ones. Um, but it's a state by state licensure. Okay. I was yeah. just thinking like, what if you just like did Oh my god. I mean, I could just I could just get licensed in multiple states. I mean, you then it's just how much money do you want to spend and like how much is it actually worth it to you? Yeah. Um like, I could just do that. People are absolutely licensed in multiple states. Yeah. Like, oh hey, I wanna be at XYZ, come under my tent and I'll adjust you. <laughs> that's not that's not quite how the specific rules, but the specific also doesn't do um, van chiropractic, so I don't think I would have to not be within the specific. But that's not what I'm entertaining. So I don't, even though I could, I know we're, we're totally, I don't know at any point that you're going to cut this podcast. It's comical. I'm really intrigued to see what you decide to include. Um, there's so are you there's the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a trail you can hike from Mexico to Canada. It's like 2,500 miles. And I know that there is at least one, but I'm sure there's multiple. There's one like physical therapist I follow online, and she just like travels up and down. I don't think the whole trail, but like a good section of it, I think maybe just in California. And I'm like, oh, I could literally do that as a chiropractor. I would just have to shift the way I practice. It's like anything is possible. Like Robert, literally anything is possible. So if I wanted to do it, not only is there technically already kind of the blueprint for me to do it, but I could just create that blueprint just for my alignment with the type of chiropractic I do. It doesn't feel like those resonate well for where I am right right now. And I love upper cervical chiropractic. I love specific chiropractic like this. I can't imagine practicing in another way. So right now I feel like I would just compartmentalize my personal life and my professional life, or that would be like the content creation bridge between the two. Um, so I don't know that I would ever become fully nomadic in a van yet. I'm not ready to step away from chiropractic anytime soon. So fair enough. When the time's right. When the time's right. Yeah. Are you uh, going to Miami? Hell yeah. Nice. I don't. Do I have my flight and hotel booked? No. But do I have my ticket? Yes. I would hope that you would have your ticket. Yes, I do have my ticket. <laughs> so. I will say the 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 Miami one marketing is one that I've actually never gone to in person. So I'm really I'm 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 excited. I've been to every other one multiple times, but marketing I never made it to. And then you're going. I gotta go. I guess when it in COVID, wherever it was that year, I either listened to it online or if it was in another city, I think I went. I just don't. It's a blur now. So. I that was before my time. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. But like I'm excited, like Miami in November. Dr. Lauren and I keep keep saying, I'm in Miami, bitch. Now we have to make some content with that sound. Yes. It's gonna be great. Yes. <laughs> uh cool. Well, when we're both in Miami, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to meet you face to face. Yeah. In person, not 
because we are Facebook. But, you well, you're part of it, so I don't know if there's anyone on the team I don't know. I don't know Bailey very well yet, but. It's okay. You don't need to worry about Bailey. Just kidding. I love Bailey. <laughs> but. No, yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, what do you got going on this weekend? Not a damn thing. Nothing wrong with that. I've been traveling so much. Last weekend we had 50 Cent. Wednesday I had the Jonas Brothers. Two week, a week and a half ago I was home in Alaska. This weekend is, and like last weekend my family was visiting right after my Alaska trip. So this weekend is just like, just like do something normal for once. I mean, I have more work to do probably. I don't have any patience, but I'll probably get some some content creation done. And just probably see my house for the first time in two weeks. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for your time, Dr. Sarah Swink. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, Swink. You said it. You said it more like an S, and it's a Z. It's a Zwink, but it's the Zwink. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kill it. Well, I can edit that part out. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> rethink <laughs> <laughs> awesome well again thank you for your time i appreciate you is there anything that i can do for you no i appreciate you inviting me on this podcast this is exciting I'm, I'm intrigued to listen back to it and see honestly what we talked about if anyone wants to find me on on, on instagram the long street you'll probably have my contact added in the little bio um, but it's the anxiety advocate, Dr. Sarah's wink. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok. Um, in September, I'm talking about uh, making it like self-care September and talking about what can we do that our habits that may require a little bit more discipline to ultimately feed and nourish ourselves. So that's kind of starting today. It's not a structured challenge. It's more of like me sharing my own journey and some people giving me sharing like what they may be doing to really support themselves this month. But that's the mission of September. Actually, I love something. it. Yeah. I love it. And her Instagram is on fire. So go follow her now. Um, really, okay. a really amazing content. I love I, it. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, blast. you. What'd you say? I said this was a blast. Was yeah, fun. no, I'm, I'm glad that we did this. It's appreciate you uh, and my scheduling techniques. Mm, you'll get better. <laughs> By default of working with Sean and Lacey, you'll learn how to be better with that. It's fun. Well, I, yeah, like I, I'm usually not like that. It's just like finding now that I'm here, it's just like trying to. It's almost like you're in a season of adaptation. Wow. Yeah. I think you're doing great. Well, thank you.